Hi, welcome once again to Ottawa Church of Christ. Today I want to talk about the six days of creation. This is foundational in our understanding of who God is and our walk with God. If we truly believe in God in the beginning, we're going to truly believe in God in the end. And so it's very important for us to get a good handle on these first six days of creation. Five elements are needed for any experiment to be done. And these elements are time, intelligence, energy, space, and matter. They're absolutely essential to be able to accomplish an experiment. In Genesis chapter 1-1, God gives us all five in a simple sentence by saying, in the beginning, time, God, our intelligence, created the energy, created is your energy, the heavens is the space, and matter is, uh, the earth is the matter. All five elements, opening verse, at the beginning of the, the entire Bible. It's the most brilliant way to begin, and that's, that's the kind of God that we've got. And we need to treat him as, as God and treat him with full respect and understand his word is really speaking to us in the 21st century as much as it spoke to them 1400 BC. Day one, God created the heavens, the earth, and light. When we looked at Genesis and the six days of creation, we quickly ran through all the three things that were made on each of the six days. Well, here we have the heavens, earth, and light. And then he separated the light from the darkness. This is so important because this is when God made the earth spin. And when he makes the earth spin, he gives it 24 hours because one revolution is how we measure time for a day. A year is how long it takes us to go around the sun, which is not created yet. But it's the spin, it's the revolution of the earth. And that's on day one, 24 hours. And you really got to understand when God says, I created the world in six days, he created it in 144 hours. A lot of people want to throw interject all kinds of time. They're called theistic evolutionists. Don't listen to them. Because here's the problem. There's this thing called, coming, and it's called the judgment day. On the judgment day, God's going to wipe out the entire universe as we know it. It's 20 billion light years across. All of the stars, everything is gone on, on that day called the judgment day. Every man who has ever lived from the time of Adam to the judgment day is going to be brought back to life, given their immortal bodies, and that they're going to be assigned an eternal destination, whether it's going to be with God or it's going to be away from God. And that's going to take place in one day. You see, if you can't accept that God can create the world as he says he did in 144 hours, then you're never going to be able to accept this thing called the Judgment Day. And that's the thing that we all look forward to. So Genesis is so important to get a sound foundation on. There was evening and morning, one day, 24 hours. Day two. Now this day two is very important, and I think a lot of us have a tendency to miss this. He made the waters above. He separated the waters above to the waters below in between the firmament, or what we call the sky. This is called the greenhouse effect. Now the greenhouse effect is the waters above, the waters in the outer atmosphere are creating this greenhouse. They're, they're in vapor form so that the, the people could look through them and see the stars, but it was providing a protection for us. And I'm going to put this chart up, pre-flood greenhouse. In the pre-flood greenhouse, we have moderate climate. You go into a greenhouse, it's all a constant temperature. 
you've got uh, the, the same temperature, you've got no precipitation. In Genesis chapter 2, it said there was a fine mist that came up and watered the earth. There was no rain until the flood. Then you've got light winds because you don't have warming and cooling areas because it's consistent. The earth uh, in the creation at the very beginning, Alaska had 50-foot fruit trees, and Antarctica was a tropical jungle. The place was lush. The place was beautiful. Why? Because this is how God created it, with this greenhouse effect. Also with the greenhouse, you get solar protection from destructive or harmful solar rays that come from the sun, x-rays, gamma rays, whatever, that penetrate the earth. Couldn't in that period of time, because with that water vapor canopy, it was reflecting the harmful rays away from us. And then with this canopy, it creates this thing called an inversion, which pushes, keeps, traps oxygen closer to the surface of the earth, creating higher oxygen levels, which allowed for giganticism, allowed for dinosaurs 30, 40 times the size of an elephant to exist. In this period in time, dinosaurs cannot exist. The air is too thin. Reptiles cannot fly today. Air is too thin. Back in that period in time, absolutely. Why? Because they had the high oxygen level. Why? Because of the water vapor canopy, which God teaches us in day two. But then along comes man. Man sins. He eats of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then Cain kills his brother. And then the sons of God, well, they're marrying daughters of men, and then everything's going downhill from there. So to save the world, to save the righteous, who were only eight at that period in time, God had to have a flood. Worldwide catastrophe, worldwide flood. It rained for 40 days. This raining for 40 days around the world eliminated the water vapor canopy. Waters broke up from the deep. That's what flooded the world. We do not have the mountain ranges, so it was only 15 feet taller than any of the mountains, which were just low rolling hills. What we have when you flood the entire world is extreme climate, from moderate to extreme. We have extreme temperatures. The number of continents that we have is our, well, the continents we have is our furnaces. The oceans are air conditioner. You take away all your furnaces and you just have the air conditioner on, massive drop in temperature. That's what we're seeing in the, in, in the time of the flood. And when you have that massive drop in temperature, you have that intense precipitation happening on both of your, your poles, your North Pole and your South Pole. This is what creates the Ice Age. A couple weeks back, we had this polar front come, come down from the north, and when it hit Lake Erie, it picked up all the moisture, because it, it was in November, it picked up all that moisture that was coming off the lake, and it just blew it right across the lake, right onto Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York got, in one day, six feet of snow. They were getting four inches an hour. Why is that? Because of this effect. Well, just imagine on, on, the, on the worldwide scale how much snow is being dumped because you got the entire world under water, all the stuff, all the water's evaporating, and you got all these cold fronts. This is where the ice age comes from, we believe. Then you've got the entire world underwater. You've got high winds, so therefore you've got high seas. This is the time the mountain ranges come. The pounding of the, of the water on the continents pushed them to the max, and then they started to buckle, creating our mountain ranges that we have today. As well, this rapid flooding created the fossil record. Post-flood, 
Now, after the flood, you don't have that greenhouse because the waters have rained down. So what do we have? Well, now we're going to have variable climates. You've got your poles, so you've got winter all the time in the North and the South Pole. And then in the middle of the equator, you've got summer all the time. You've got wet season, dry season. And then in between, you've got all these variables happening because everything's changed now. Uh, we have seasonal precipitation. And that's only if we never know what's going to happen. We can uh, predict within a week or two, but that's about all we can do. Now we have these things called hurricanes and tornadoes. Storms were not known before the flood. After the flood, these things are now happening to us because of the sin of man. God doesn't send tornadoes today. He doesn't send hurricanes to wipe out people. This is the effect of the sin of man prior to the flood. We live in a post-flood, no greenhouse, so we struggle with this world in which we live. Now we're struggling with solar damage. We no longer have that protection. You've got an elimination of animal species and plant species because of the intensity of the sun uh, at this period in time. Shortening of life because of the sun. Today, the ozone, we have to be careful of what kind of a day it is because if you're out too long, you're going to burn your skin, which is going to create skin cancer. So we're always looking at ozone layers each and every day. That's called solar damage. And then eliminating the greenhouse effect, that water, water canopy, now you thin out the oxygen because you no longer have the inversion. And so now when all the animals come off the ark, and of which there's dinosaurs, of course you don't put on full-grown dinosaurs. Not sure if you'd put the eggs of the reptilian dinosaurs, but you put the little dinosaurs, just like you'd put a small elephant. The flood lasted a year. It was like 370 days they were in the ark before they were released. So you put in the young animals before, before so that they wouldn't be massive in, in the ark. So the ark was ample for all of the animals. But afterwards, as those dinosaurs were growing, they just became overweight. The, the oxygen's too thin. It can't sustain the weight. The, the dinosaurs become uh, extinct because of the change in climate, because of the solar damage and all of those things. Day two is so important to understand the greenhouse effect. Evening, morning, second day. Let's keep it simple. Day three, dry land, seas, vegetation. This is really important to catch. Trees bearing fruit. This is what I call the age fact. Everything has the appearance of age. A tree bearing fruit would be at least 10, 15 years old. The soil, the trees in the soil, which came first? The soil, which comes from decaying vegetation, or the trees? They, they both came at the same time. How old was Adam when he was created? He was one day old. Day six, he was hours old. But if you looked at him, you'd have to say, well, he's got to be at least 30 years old. He's got intelligence. He's naming all the animals. He's told to go out and multiply. So he's a full-grown man, but he's only hours old. When God created everything, he created stuff with appearance of age. Somebody says, well, then God's deceitful. Because if God creates everything with age, and we look at it and we say, oh, the world's got to be billions of years old, then God's lying to us. He's, he's fooling us. Deceit is the act of making a person believe as true something that is false. Well, God doesn't want you to believe that the world is a billion years old because he wrote it down in writing in Genesis. I created the world in six days. He told us.
So there's no deceit in that. The deceit comes when somebody's telling you that, yes, God said he did it in six days, but it took the millions of years. This is the one that's deceiving you. This is the one that's changing the obvious word of God. That's the one that you've got to be careful of. Day three, trees bearing fruit. There's evening, morning, a third day. Day four, sun, moon, stars. Here's where you got the deception of the Barah Asa question I want to just uh, talk about for a second. They, 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 those false teachers like to say, well, Barah means created and Asa means made. Yes, the two separate words. Yes, they're translated that, that way. But they're used interchangeably. No, because when he created the, the heavens and the earth, Barah, on day one, that's when he created all the sun, moon, and stars. Then on day four, when he said he made the sun, moon, stars, he simply cleared the clouds that were in the sky so that we could now see the sun and moon stars. Mind you, on day four, there wasn't anybody around to be able to see, but that's their argument, that it was actually created on day one, but he made it on day four. Well, forget it. Baran Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our image. Genesis 1.27, God created man in his own image. It's used interchangeably. Genesis 2 verse 4, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. There is no difference between these two. On day 4, he made the sun, moon, and stars. They were not in existence prior to. Yes, he made light on day 1, but he did not have the source of light because God was the energy. God was the source that the world needed at that period in time. Let me also say about day four, sun, moon, stars. There's this thing called starlight, okay? When God created the stars on that 24-hour period, the stars are 100,000 light years away. Obviously different time frames for different stars. When he created the star, he created starlight. You got to grasp that because it takes 100,000 light years for the star to get here. So they're trying to date the world because of the furthest star. So that's how long it took the light to get here. He creates everything with age. You need to grasp that fact. And so when he created the stars, the light was there. So we could see the stars. There was evening, morning, a fourth day. Day five, fish, birds, sea monsters. They were told to be what? Fruitful and multiply. Evening, morning, fifth day. Day six, the cattle, creeping things, beast, man, told to multiply, evening, morning, a sixth day. Day seven, God rested because he was exhausted? No, of course not. God rested from his creation because creation was done. He saw everything was good. And what did God do? He rested from doing physical works to start doing now spiritual works, working with men. That is what the experiment is all about. Look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. What did the serpent say? Indeed, has God said? He plants doubt in the woman's mind that what God has said is true. So he's trying to get her to second guess what God is doing. That's what theistic evolutionists are doing to us. Our reply should always be, well, indeed, God has said, and if God has said it, then I'm going to believe it. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, Exodus chapter 20, 11. And if God says it, then I believe it. He made the heavens and the earth in 144 hours. Don't let somebody persuade you to believe otherwise. Because as soon as you put into doubt 
the Genesis chapter 1 to 11, now your foundation is no longer solid, but it's weak. Because if you're going to change the word of God here, you're going to change the word of God here. And as a Christian, you're not going to last. Because you've got to be firm and solid with God and believe when he says something, he means it. When he says your sins are forgiven because of the blood of Christ, your sins are forgiven. That's impossible. Absolutely. But God does the impossible. Is there a judgment day coming? You can bet on it. And we will all be there. But where are you going to stand when it comes to that? Thank you.